this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Tuesday, June 15th, and the huge evening of baseball we have ahead of us. We're going to talk everything about the DraftKings 15-game featured slate. We're going to get into some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook. But before any of that, you know how we do it. We're going to prize picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code MMNMLB and get your first deposit matched up to $100. Once you've done that, you are ready to play a couple prize picks on Tuesday's slate. And here are a pair that I am leaning towards. Let's start with Jose Ramirez, but let's actually start with Matt Harvey. Matt Harvey has been absolutely awful since the start of May. He wasn't really great in April, if I'm being honest, but he was all right. And some people thought, okay, maybe Matt Harvey can be like a fifth starter. Maybe he can hang around and be fine. That has not been the case his last eight starts. So, going back to the start of May, here is what opponents are slashing off of Matt Harvey. This is everyone he's faced. 351, 405, 627. That is a 436 Woba. And he's also allowed 2.5 opponent home runs per nine. That is ghastly. Those are some terrible numbers. So, essentially, everyone is the greatest hitter on earth. Everyone is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. against Matt Harvey since the beginning of May. Cleveland doesn't have a ton of offensive weapons that I like, but Jose Ramirez obviously is a very good player. The switch hitting element of his game could come into play. When the bullpen inevitably comes in to clean up after Matt Harvey, uh, Jose Ramirez's fantasy point prop on Tuesday is eight and a half. It's a big number. I know that, but I think he's going to go over it. I just have no faith in Matt Harvey, and I haven't had faith in Baltimore's bullpen since about 2017. So I think Jose Ramirez can get over this number. I think he can do it pretty handily. The other guy I really like to go over his fantasy point prop on prize picks on Tuesday, Key Brian Hayes. We haven't talked at all about Key Brian Hayes. He's been hurt for most of the season. He's someone who really is like a small sample size darling. What he's been able to do at the major league level across 2020 and 2021 in almost no time has been majestic. He's been amazing. And we have to remember, he also had a home run taken away from him last week because he didn't touch first base. So some of these numbers would be even better had that weird anomaly not happened. But Hayes has been spectacular, and throughout his, again, very brief MLB career, he has specifically been fantastic against left-handed pitching. And he gets a pretty abysmal left-handed pitcher on Tuesday in the form of Patrick Corbin, who just has not been himself so far this season. It seems like the end of the line for Corbin. The strikeouts are way down. The swinging strike rate is way down. The velocity was ticked down a little bit. It kind of came back up, but it doesn't really seem to matter. He has been hit around a ton so far this season. And I don't necessarily think the Pirates are, you know, going to score 12 runs against Patrick Corbin on Tuesday. But I think Hayes individually could have a very nice game. So again, small sample, but 33 career plate appearances 
against southpaw pitching. He's got a 406 isolated power and a 264 WRC+. So every lefty he's seen to this point, he has absolutely demolished. I don't think Patrick Corbin is going to be any different. So I think Hayes goes over seven fantasy points on prize picks, and I think Jose Ramirez goes over eight and a half fantasy points going up against Matt Harvey. Okay, let's not waste any more time. Let's dive into this mammoth of a slate we have on Tuesday. I think it's about our third or fourth consecutive Tuesday where we've had a full 15-game slate. So obviously we can't break down every single matchup, but here's what stood out to me the first glance I took at a slate this size. And I, I think the the big storyline for this slate is where are you going to find pitching? Because despite how many games are being played on Tuesday, there are just not that many good starting pitching options. Uh, first and foremost, you've got like you Darvish, who would be normally the best pitcher on this slate without question. He's pitching in Colorado. So I'm not saying that takes him off the board entirely, but obviously that's already a bad omen when the best pitcher on the slate is pitching at Coors Field. His salary reflects that. He's he's under $10,000, uh, which is a very rare occurrence for you Darvish so far this season. Actually, the most expensive pitcher on Tuesday's slate is Trevor Rogers, and I think he's kind of earned it. Um, you look at Rogers' numbers for the season as a whole, 75 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's got a 2.56 FIP, and he struck out 29.8% of his opponents, so right around that hyper-elite 30% strikeout mark. He's also got really similar splits at home and on the road, which isn't always the most important thing in the world, but I do think that bears, it bears reference, and, and it's notable when it's a Miami Marlins pitcher, because sometimes we do see some crazy home splits when it comes to the Marlins. But I think the real selling point here for Rodgers, who again, most expensive pitcher on the slate, it's hard sometimes to digest someone like Rodgers now being the most expensive guy on a slate this big, but the Cardinals have not been hitting across the last two weeks. In fact, they've got a 281 Woba coming into play on Monday in that span of time. That is the third lowest mark in all of baseball. And they also have a 26.1% strikeout rate, which is a top five mark in baseball in that same span of time. So they're not hitting and they're striking out a ton. That is the perfect DFS combination. Rogers is someone who can exploit that swing and miss. Uh, we have seen from St. Louis's lineup the last two weeks. I think he's super viable at $10,000. And something that helps his case is there's not a bunch of other guys you're dying to pay up for. So I think you can save some money in that SP2 slot. Um, now, once you get past the $8,000 range and the $9,000 range and get into that eight k or less range, some of the names get weird, like, Alec Mills is starting for the Cubs. We don't really know how deep he's going to be able to work into that game. Uh, we've got some other like opening situations or some guys transitioning from the bullpen. So pitch counts are going to be a major factor when it comes to who is viable. We'll actually get into one of the most important names on the slate in that capacity in one second. But all those question marks make the stability of Casey Mize, I think, very, very valuable. Uh, Mize is just $7,100. He's been consistently around $7,000 about the past two or three weeks, which is interesting because his last seven starts have been very good. 
Uh, he's got a 2.45 ERA in that span. His whip is just 0.86, and he's gone at least six innings in five of his last seven starts. Obviously, win expectancy is never high when you're pitching for the Tigers. He has had some home run issues. He's not a big strikeout guy, though the strikeouts have been better his last four starts. And he's also someone who seems to have benefited a little bit from some BAPIP luck. However, 2.45 ERA for a guy with a lot of pedigree, a guy who definitely has stuff and strikeout stuff. Um, I just think I kind of trust Casey Mize at this point. And hovering around $7,000, that really sort of mitigates some of the red flags uh, that would be there if he were, you know, eight seven, eight eight, nine thousand dollars $9,000. So I do think Mize is viable in his matchup. Uh, Sammy Long is the other guy I really wanted to talk about and take a minute to single out as we talked about pitching. Sammy Long turned some heads last week in his uh, appearance. It wasn't a start. His appearance against the Rangers. He faced 14 batters and struck out half of them. 50% strikeout rate, seven strikeouts in his first major league appearance for the San Francisco Giants. He comes into this slate with a 6000 $200 salary, and he might have the best matchup of the day in the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, it is worth remembering that the Diamondbacks, through the first six or seven weeks of the season, were crushing left-handed pitching. So that would maybe give you some pause about using a guy like Long against the Diamondbacks. However, they've just been terrible against anybody the last little bit. In fact, in the month of June... They have the lowest WRC plus in baseball at just 71, and they just have a 121 isolated power. So they're not a team that possesses a lot of game-changing swings. Um, so Long, great matchup. Seems like he has some pretty good strikeout stuff. He is a very new-age pitcher in the sense that he is pitching primarily off his curveball, at least he did in that first appearance, a 42% usage rate on that curveball. Uh, 13% swinging strike rate overall, so it, it seems like the strikeout stuff was validated, and at least that first outing that we did see. Uh, we do know lefties have been able to do some pretty special things against the Rangers so far this season, so maybe let's not pump pump his tires too, too much. Um, but I think Long is someone who's going to be popular on Tuesday. I think a lot of people just picked him up in season-long formats. Um and I think that sometimes that notoriety does really help a guy's ownership. Um, I guess the thing you have to think about, the thing you have to balance with Long, is how deep can he work into this game? So I, I mentioned he only faced 14 batters his last appearance. He threw 69 pitches. So how deep is he going to work into this game? Maybe he goes 75? Maybe he pushes 80? Can he get through 5? Because if he can... I think he's going to be able to pay off his salary because, again, just $6,200. So these are the kind of questions you have to ask yourself on a slate this big but just with so little in the ways of high-floor pitching options. So I, I do think Long is someone I'm probably going to have a little bit of exposure to even though it is a little risky. Uh, let's talk about some stacks. The nice thing is... Uh, usually when you don't have many great pitching options, you've got a ton of really nice stacks. So we can kind of avoid some of the obvious situations. Uh, again, San Diego, I know they haven't been hitting lately, but San Diego and Colorado, very nice. Uh, we just talked about Cleveland going up against Matt Harvey. Like that's, that's really nice too. There's a lot of places you can stack. Two teams, or, or one team in particular I wanted to single out, that they have a great matchup, 
but because they haven't hit very well, I think they might go a little, um, a little overlooked on Tuesday's slate. And that's the Seattle Mariners who draw Jay Happ. Uh, Happ has been terrible, basically Matt Harvey, but left-handed uh, since the beginning of May. Uh, he actually leads baseball among unqualified pitchers in barrels allowed per plate appearance. 9.1% of his opponent plate appearances end in a barrel. That is ugly, ugly stuff from a 38-year-old left-hander. Uh, one name to watch when it comes to stacking Seattle, you would obviously love it if Mitch Haniger was back in the lineup. He's day-to-day right now, didn't play on Monday, left the game on Sunday. Uh, if he's not in there, the sort of interesting dynamic that creates is Haniger was not only $5,200, the only player on the Mariners priced above 5 k He was the only player on the Mariners priced above 4 k You can get every other player in this lineup for $3,700 or less. So you can essentially stack the entire top of that order for nothing. Uh, you could have Tom Murphy, who's got great power numbers against lefties. Uh, Fraley, I know he's left-handed, but he's hit lefties pretty well in a small sample so far this season, hitting fifth primarily for the Ra- uh, the Mariners. Uh, J.P. Crawford has actually hit lefties really well, another left-handed ha- uh, hitter. But he's leading off, regardless of pitcher-handedness, since uh, Kale- uh, Kellenic's been sent down. So... I think all those guys are viable. One name I did want to point out, though, Dylan Moore, who just came off the IL uh, this weekend. He's $2,600. He's probably going to hit fifth or sixth in this lineup against the lefty. He's got a 212 isolated power and a 123 WRC plus against left-handed pitching so far this season. Also has multi-position eligibility, so he's really easy to fit into some lineups. Uh, So I don't know how popular Seattle's going to be, especially if Hanniger isn't playing, but I do like them just with how much J-Hap has been struggling recently. I also like the Reds. We talked about this in a video last week. We have the same matchup, Brett Anderson and his 8.28 expected ERA against the Reds. And the Reds have been hitting everyone lately. They actually come into Monday's slate with a 131 WRC plus across the last two weeks. That is the best mark in the National League. So no one has been slowing down the Reds as of late. I don't think Brett Anderson, who just gave up five runs in three innings to the Reds last week, is going to be the person to do it. Uh, Nick Castellanos, why isn't this guy over $5,000 against a left-handed pitcher? I don't know. His numbers are crazy against lefties. He's 4,900. He might be the best play of the day. You've got Tyler Stevenson. Uh, India is batting leadoff. You've got Eugenio Suarez. Historically has good numbers against left-handed pitching. Again, though, the value play that I wanted to point out, Aristides Aquino is back. He is back from AAA. He is back in the majors, and he is hitting home runs, as he always does in the majors. So you've got an opposite-hand matchup for Aquino against Brett Anderson. Aquino is just $2,500. He's got so much pop. His ceiling is so high in this game. Uh, I, I like Aquino a lot. Again, another guy who can really help you spend up in some other areas if you're willing to put Aquino in as your outfielder on Tuesday. Okay, before we get out of here, let's finish things up with some best bets. And we are going to talk first about that same game. Let's take the Reds to go over four and a half runs at plus money. It is plus 108 to go over their team total of four and a half. As I mentioned, Brett Anderson has been terrible, 8.28 expected ERA. He just gave up five runs to this team in three innings five days ago. Uh, I think Brett Anderson is going to get the Reds to this number. And the Reds have also 
gone over this number in four of their last five games, and it seems like they were well on their way to doing it again on Monday. That is an official as of this filming, uh, but it could be five of six by the time you're watching this. So again, they're a super hot offense right now. Lead the National League in WOBA and WRC Plus across the last 14 days. I think the Reds at plus money to go over four and a half is a really nice bet. And then let's talk about Texas and Houston, a game we haven't talked about at all to this point. It's a matchup between Kyle Gibson and Lance McCullers Jr. is coming off the IL to make this start. I like this game to go under eight and a half runs at minus 110. Gibson has allowed two earned runs or fewer in 10 of his last 11 starts, two of those coming against Houston, two great starts against Houston, back-to-back, actually. Uh, Texas also, across the last 14 days, last in the American League in both isolated power and WRC+. So I think Gibson does enough to shut down the Astros, and I think Texas doesn't do anything because they can't hit the ball right now. This game goes under 8.5, as six of the last seven games the Astros have played where they've been favored have done. So... All things point to the under here. I like the under a lot, and I like Cincinnati to go over four and a half runs at plus money. That is going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys next time.